You're listening to The Lung Academy podcast. The Lung Academy offers you educational and future-focused content created in collaboration with expert physicians that enables the exchange of knowledge, expertise, and best practices in lung cancer care. Welcome to our podcast on sexuality in cancer patients. I'm Marloes Janssen, nurse practitioner in the Netherlands. I'm happy to introduce Corinne Eeltink, nurse practitioner who is an expert on the topic of sexuality in cancer patients. She did research on what kind of sexual problems cancer patients report and on the information needs patients have concerning changes in sexuality. Corinne, why is sexuality for cancer patients so important? Recent improvements in the treatment of cancer have increased survival rates and life expectancy. This survival, however, often comes with the price of acute and late effects, among which are sexual problems. Sexuality can be negatively affected, not only during cancer treatment, but also long after the cancer treatment. Sexuality is a basic need for people and has several purposes. Sexuality provides the positive effects on well-being that people need, and sexuality is an important aspect of quality of life. Disruption can negatively affect quality of life of cancer patients. Sexual problems are common in the general population, with 40 to 45% of adult women and 20 to 30% of adult men reporting at least one sexual dysfunction. What kind of sexual problems do they report? The most frequent sexual dysfunctions for men are premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. For women, lack of sexual desire and arousal dysfunctions and problems achieving orgasm are the most common sexual dysfunctions. In addition, there is a large proportion of women who experience multiple sexual dysfunctions. People can be sexually active into old age with their partner or only through masturbation. Risk factors for developing sexual dysfunction are older age, inferior general health status, the presence of comorbidities, for instance, diabetes mellitus, cardiovascular disease, urinary tract infections, psychiatric or psychological disorders, and sociodemographic factors such as being female and having no committed partner. What is the impact of cancer and its treatments on sexuality? During the treatment period, the acute side effects of chemotherapy, such as nausea, vomiting, hair loss and fatigue, will most probably lead to a reduction in the desire for sexual activity. Certain treatments, such as chemotherapy with alkylating agents and or radiation on the pelvis, can suppress the function of the ovaries and testicles, causing a reduction in male or female hormone production. In men, the low testosterone level can cause problems with erectile function, while in women, it can lead to premature menopause with vaginal dryness and pain during intercourse. Radiation on the pelvis could impair peripheral nerves or pelvic blood flow, causing erectile dysfunction in men and vaginal dryness in women. And finally, changes in sexual function can impact the sexual relationship, as we know that an active and satisfying 
sex life is easily set aside when a serious illness is involved. The topic of sexuality is not something which comes up very often in doctor-patient conversation. Why do healthcare professionals find sexuality a subject that isn't difficult to discuss with cancer patients? Not only healthcare providers, but patients as well, find it difficult to initiate and discuss sexual issues. Studies have shown that cancer patients and their partners want open communication about intimacy and sexuality, and many are disappointed by the information and support they receive. But many cancer patients cannot recall that sexual changes were discussed, while other patients are not satisfied with the information that was given. For patients, it is essential that introductory information is provided about the impact of cancer and its treatment on sexuality, because otherwise patients are unable to address sexuality issues. Patients need to prepare for changes that may affect their sexual life. And finally, patients also need to understand the risk of sexual difficulties and what treatment or support is available. For some patients, knowing that sex and reproduction are affected is sufficient, and they do not always need support in case of sexual dysfunction. For others, however, individually tailored specific suggestions or even intensive treatment will be needed. On the other hand, it's a lack of knowledge about management strategies and feeling uncomfortable is often mentioned by the healthcare professionals for not addressing sexuality. According to the increasing body of literature, this lack of knowledge can't be justified. Although the methodology of many studies may be criticized, it's well known that sexual problems are frequently reported among cancer patients. Do patients want to know about sexual changes? In general, patients consider medical and treatment information in the context of their malignant disease of higher priority than psychosocial information. And so it may seem that for most people, sexuality is of minor importance compared to treatment-related issues and survival. However, this only means that the impact of cancer treatment on sexual function is less relevant at that time. When patients return to a normal life, sexual dysfunction might well be become more pressing. So what does sexual healthcare look like? It starts with giving information to the patient. Informational needs regarding sexuality vary across the treatment trajectory. Prior to treatment, the effects of cancer treatment on sexuality should be explained so that patients may know which sexual activities are restricted and for how long. The majority of patients prefer verbal and written information. and Therefore, this combined approach is preferable. At the time of rebuilding their sexual life, and this varies per cancer and cancer treatment, patients should be informed about most frequently occurring sexual problems. During the entire patient information process, patients should be advised that sexual changes are common and given reassurance that further help is possible. After having given the proper patient information about the changes in sexuality that can be expected, the actual conversation between patients and healthcare professionals can begin. 
Healthcare professionals are advised to normalize sexual problems by telling patients that sexual problems often occur after cancer treatment. After that, it's easy to initiate the topic by asking, many patients after cancer treatment and their partners have sexual health concerns. Do you or your partner have any concerns? So with this uh, opening question, you invite cancer patients to share their experiences. Does this always work? Indeed, it always works. And if the patient has concerns and is willing to talk about problems, several tools can be used to assess the sexual problem. The healthcare professional can initiate the discussion by asking the following three questions. Do you have a sexual problem? And if yes, please define the problem. And did the problem improve, remain unchanged, resolve or worsen since cancer treatment began? But there are also numerous models available for supporting communication about sexual health in medical settings, like the 5A model. And this stands for ask, advise, assess, assist and arrange follow-up. Or the better model, and that stands for bring up, explain, tell, timing, educate, and record. And the Blizzard model, and this stands for permission, limited information, specific suggestions, and intensive therapy. A good example of addressing sexuality in cancer patients is studied by Al Jawari and colleagues. And they have demonstrated that healthcare professionals who received a short training were competent to assess and address sexual health concerns of patients after a cancer treatment. Do all your colleague nurses talk about sexuality so easily? No. From my own experience, it is desirable to have at least one team member who easily talks about sexuality with patients. It will encourage colleagues to mention the topic and it will save time and embarrassment, and it definitely will increase patient satisfaction and knowledge. How can sexual problems be managed? When patients report sexual difficulties, it is important to ask about the partner's feelings and whether the couple is able to discuss this within the relationship. If necessary, communication about the sexual relationship with the partner should be promoted. In case of fatigue, pain or other complaints, the patient should be advised to rest or to use analgesia before sexual activity or other appropriate advice regarding symptom management should be given. In the case of sexual problems due to hypogonadism and erectile dysfunction, testosterone and PDE5 inhibitors can improve sexual function. For treatment or prevention of postmenopausal vaginal atrophy, various options are available, such as hormonal replacement therapy, and this can be systemic or topical. Vaginal lubricants and moisturizers are available to, pre to prevent or minimize dryness and pain during sexual activity in case of vaginal atrophy or decreased vaginal lubrication. And there are disciplines we can refer to, to help from coping with the problems to actually manage these problems. And these are social workers, psychologists, psychosexual therapists, 
pelvic physiotherapists, gynecologists, urologists, andrologists, sexologists, patient groups or patient organizations. So, to conclude, how can we make the conversation on sexual concerns easier? The first step is by giving information to the patient verbal and written. Next step is to normalize sexual problems by telling patients that sexual problems often occur after cancer treatment because of acute side effects of chemotherapy and certain chemotherapy regimens. And lastly, appoint a dedicated nurse.